Good day to you. Good day to you, sir. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Great. Uh, It's been a little while. It has. How was your trip? Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah, family and I had a great time. Good. Some shells on the beach. and uh, Yeah, it was uh, overall a, a wonderful experience all around. Thank you for asking. Sure. So it was a nice respite from uh, all the chaos that's been going on. <laughs> ah, rest. <laughs> yes. The dream. Sleep. Heal. Hmm. Good timing. Absolutely. A lot's been going on since that uh, since we last spoke. Oh yeah, like what? <laughs> well, I think you know as well as I do. We, uh, I believe, uh, uh, wonderful navigator had uh, mentioned uh, mentioned your work on his live stream, and uh, that seemed to ex- explode our uh, our views. So. Um, once you uh, fill us in on all of that real quick before we get into the nitty-gritty. Fascinating that you asked last on the last podcast, you asked to go public instead of having it done, having all these experiments be done silently. And mm-hmm. we made the comment that we only had four views on that last video, which we, I was suggesting that leads to evidence and proof that we were able to do it in such a way that it worked because mm-hmm. when you talk about time travel it generally becomes popular very popular so, so you have to be careful that we wanted to finish the work before um you know the attention was brought to it so um you asked to have that removed and um to be more open source, right? Because that's what we were talking about. So we've Mm -hmm. said, okay, open source. Universe, decide when it's appropriate to, you know, to have that happen. So here, it's up to you, right? Right. That was kind of the the idea. Mm -hmm. And and then what happened was, is that I come to find out the, the source of that key being unlocked and the gates opening was somebody named Jason Q. Right. Which is fascinating in itself. We could have a whole show just off that. <laughs> yes, we could. With, you know, it a seems navigator like a, is... an amalgamation of the of the two of us together would be a, a, a Jason Q. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, very clever, right? This is, this mm-hmm. is the serendipity that we were referring to. This is why I, 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 I was inspired to post another video on the channel because... Uh, it's that it's that that bridge that we've been talking about, that rainbow bridge. Yeah. And you know, Jason and the Argonauts, like an and a navigator. That's mm-hmm. what we, you you and I talk about this quite a bit, right? So, you know, with gratitude to that individual and to the creator, so to speak, of allowing yeah. that to be released the way it was released, and you know, it, it was it was a great honor. So. Here we are. That's that's where we are. So so Jason Q, thank you, sir. Yes, thank you that. so much. Thank yeah, you really for cool. uh, for kicking us off in, in the right uh, right direction, and, and done so in an honorable way and with integrity and 
sophistication and mm -hmm. worthiness. So, and it was a great reward and treasure for us. So I Absolutely. just want to say thank you to you. Yeah. And, and, uh, and offer, uh, a, uh, a way to speak again. I mean, if, uh, if you would love to know more, if you would like to, if you'd like to be on our podcast or vice versa, we would love to have you and speak more because you, you seem genuinely interested in, in the work and, and which, uh, was pretty much a first, <laughs> um, you know, I have to understand that we have been doing this in stealth and invisibility this whole time. And so every time that we had reached out our own, spells if you will bounce back and said no 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 you you forget the protocol <laughs> it's not time yet <laughs> so, patience uh, yes patience absolutely all right shall we get to it sure all right uh this is aliens angels and pirates episode number seven Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> lucky uh, us yes that's right and and i believe the topic for today is going to be competitors and enemies mm. heavy heavy <laughs> heavy heavy topic today yes all so, right so what is a competitor damien in your definition well a competitor comes from renaissance the enemy comes from war. Mm -hmm. So competition is a way for all parties to grow and to learn. And through the sharing of their skill set and their talents, we sharpen our swords, so to speak. We become better at what we do with competition. The word now, keen comes to mind. What, what word? The word keen comes to mind. What does that define that, please? Well, you mentioned sharpening a sword. So the uh, act of sharpening a, a sword and it's uh, the, the goal is for that sword to become keen. So extremely sharp would <laughs> mm, <yes. laughs> be a definition right. of it. I like that. Exactly right. So that's, that's what we're after. Now, the, the idea is understanding the limitations of when we move into a place of um, of a weapon as opposed to a tool or instrument, right? We talk about this. Mm -hmm. And with that, there's a trinity that you know you're using it as a weapon. And that trinity is kill. I, there's another word I'd like to, I'll spell it because I don't want to say it on the podcast, but it's, um, it's it has multiple meanings, not just one in the uh, with the earth and the body, but it's R-A-P-E. This and the third one is harm. So those are that's those are your trinities. So if you use it as a weapon, that's that's the, the navigation, the triangulation of that uh, understanding. So everything else outside of that, then what we can do is we can build structures and um, and organizational processes. So basically, the just to, just to revisit one more thing is uh, steel is the encompassing lines that connect them is the word steel or theft. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is how, and this is how we also understand when you go from a competitor to an enemy. So I'll stop there because I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm building the edges mm -hmm. before we fill in the center. 
It's curious that you use the word steal because uh, depending on the spelling, it could be uh, could be used in in different ways. Steal as in steal as a weapon, or steal as in to take mm-hmm. by force or without permission. Right. So that happens when there is a another aspect, a, a formula that could be understood as authority. But mm-hmm. authority in the sense of one believes themselves to be over another when that's not the teachings of elemental hypertech, right? We, we do this mm-hmm. by permission, not aggression. Right. So that's how, you, that's how you can distinguish the difference is if you feel superior and something else in which you are controlling is inferior, then again, you are blurring those lines. Kind of brings to to me the image of a let's say a police officer standing over a suspect and saying, "Do you understand? Do you understand your rights?" I say, "No, I do not understand. I overstand them because <laughs> I do not stand under you." <laughs> well, there's there's purpose behind an officer. Mm. That purpose is supposed to be to do no harm. It's kind of like the Socratic oath of the health field, right? Right, right. So, and it's a, a defender and a protector, and it secures people's rights to personal space, to their bodies, to not be violated in any way. So, once you move outside of that, where they become policy enforcers, mm. where is the word police comes from? Right. Those policies are built within a law made by man not endowed, so to speak, by our creator, creator. right? Yeah. So, so again, we're, we're, we're separating these two understandings in a, in a subtle way at first, because when we get more granular and deeper into it, they become more divergent in their uh, approach. Now, how important is it for the role of a competitor or enemy in building a structure based on Renaissance? Well, to build a structure based on Renaissance, you have to understand what the enemy is. Hmm. So let's define the enemy. Yes. Okay. Yes, let's so define him. Let's, let's, this, let's make it as, as simple as possible. There is a duality to the game. One side has humanity, what it means to be human through evidence and compassion, right? This is the formula of humanity. The other end is our creator, which is where we find natural law, the rules of our universe, what we all have to abide by, right? The, the cycles mm-hmm. of life itself. So by having these two extremes of humanity and our creator, the enemy is the one who gets in between that connection, okay? It is the interference what I like to refer to as the toll booth mm-hmm. where everything between you and the natural world, you have to pay for it in some, some way, taxation. Um, you know, like I said, the toll booth, you, you know, there's some extraction of wealth in some way, your energy or your, Licenses, your money. regulations. Li- Perfect. Exactly. So this is how you can define in a simplistic way of anything that gets in between you and your freedom to express yourself either verbally, physically, mentally, behaviorally, 
But again, we're supposed to have rules of engagement, which is how you can weaponize these rules is, again, with the, the four aspects. Do not kill. Do not, you know, the, the four-letter word that I want, I spelled. Right. Do no harm. Do no harm. And, mm-hmm. and, of course, that bridge that connects them, which is do not steal, mm. which is the fundamental basis for all of it. So there's a, so you have to understand, this is how you define what the enemy is now. In addition to that, there is a personal responsibility to the enemy. So when you are out of balance, so to speak, you become what's commonly referred to as psychopathic or sociopathic. Mm -hmm. Okay. When you become a servant to the controlling nature of something else, not under your own free will, but you are making decisions because somebody else is providing you enough energy to, um, to do harm. In other words, you are going to, you have a belief system that is almost immoral because you're inflicting your will on others. So they're, these are like the great order followers and things like that when they're, when they do things because, well, why did you turn that lady's water off? Well, well, I did it because that's my job. I was told to do it. You know, it's, it's that kind of idea. And so when you get to that point, that is also, you've gone too far. Right. Because you've lost your own humanity. And so this is why there's this great balance between our creator and humanity. And this is, and they, they can divide and play us off on each other on this. So that's the definition in a, uh, as succinctly as I can make it. Hmm. Now you mentioned a minimal example of that is, you know, say a, you know, a power, you know, somebody works for the power district or what have you, and they have to shut this lady's power off because their employer said so. And I guess the extreme inversion of that would be like the Gestapo or let's say the, some members of the CIA or other three-letter organizations that are overthrowing an entire countries based on their master's orders, whereas they know it's morally wrong and then and who knows, maybe they lose sleep over it, but they do it because they were told to do it, and it's their job. Well, <laughs> this, is where, this is where I go against my own, <laughs> my own uh, example, right? Mm. That is, has other aspects to it, like domination, mm-hmm. the domination matrix, right? To, to be on top, to be the winners of the game, you have to work very hard to maintain that position. So when you talk about those type of agencies, they are um, committed in a different way. Mm. They're, they're committed to make sure that we stay on top of our game so that way we don't get knocked off the, the, that hill. So it's a, it's a, there's a different motivation. And in fact, like if you want to just talk about the future, yeah, just for a second, uh, this word patriotism. Patriotism, will, it would be a very big important topic because it builds a uh, relationship, a a brotherhood, a sisterhood, a connection to each other. And that's another uh, part of the formula for these type of agencies where they are, um, they're like a a group, a group think, you know, like we talked about the police, you know, they always have the same badges, the stars, right? That are upside down. They're, They're fraternities. Okay, 
these are these are important points to bring up. The future will reveal these things and we'll understand them more and why they're committed the way they're committed because of their um, relationship and their social order. So there's those pieces too that just wanted to share. Mm-hmm. You speak of like the Blue Bloods and, and there's many other fraternities out there that are committed to the same cause. Um, we mentioned the, the Masons and their uh, their cause to, to bring about the heliocentric model on Earth. But, uh, and that would be another form of, of competition, would you not agree? Yeah, but that's more of, uh, think of that more of like a religion. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the religion so, of the spinning ball. Uh, well, I think you're on to it. It's, um, so who is Tubal Cain? Tubal, Tubal Cain is their, uh, their deity, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is two balls and a cane, or double O seven. Oh, I had not made that correlation before. <laughs> yeah. So double this, O seven. There you go. So there's, there's, this, there's this underlying uh, flavor to that as well that that, that they're they're in plain sight so that's the, these models these uh, narratives these filters in which they use and that they push upon us is how how they interact how they communicate with each other mm-hmm. you know that these their planets which are these round spinning balls in their model are still the same ones that the flat earthers use and right. the toyroidal universe use and the inner earth people use of Uranus, you know, the, the, the great Anu, Anunnaki, Uranus, right. Uranus, right? So you have Saturn, you have Jupiter or Zeus, right? These are all the same, the Greek mythologies, the Nordics, they're all, they're all the same, just spoken in a different way. So they are all what in the same in the end. So mm-hmm. it's hard to knock them because they're just expressing the same relationship with our universe just in a anthropomorphic way or in a metaphysical way or ethereal way, right? There's all these different layers and levels that we can look at it. So they're doing it physically because they're, they're more of the, of the earth. They're more of the magic, the spelling of the, the physical. Right. Right. That's why they have rituals, because those rituals, you have to perform them. And you have to practice them. That's exactly right. So you can see that their their religion is more based off of the the physical world, which is why they're also into sex magic and things like that, right? Right, right. Like Aleister Crowley and his Golden Dawn. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's hard to knock that when, you know, that's just, that's how they they interact. interact. Exactly. They, they make their own codes and signs and symbols in order for, for their fraternity. And, you know, and over the course of their actions, those signs and symbols get released into the world and, and become very prominent. And, you know, without knowledge, I, you know, I see this every day. I see people wearing signs and symbols uh, proudly and they have no idea what the, the meaning behind them are. And they they wear them and display them for the wrong reasons. So that's the idol, and that's another another thing that when you go too far, when you create idols and worship these idols, right? The greatest idol in the world today is money. Money. Moan one, I, the single I, 
right? This is a, this, you talk about the, the bloodlines, the families, the, the, this is, the, what is the one eye symbolism on the back of the dollar bill, right? right? Top of the pyramid. So that's the greatest idol out there. And so we all participate in some type of system. So even our own morality has to be questioned, right? And, to a sense. All right, so these absolutely. are all, it's, so what we're talking about here is to put a fine point on this, let's build a box around this too, where you have the operation itself is the transaction utilizing this currency, this money, and mm. the condition in which the physical, which that, that, why it's happening, why you need that resource for whatever reason. And then you have correction is where we need to start looking at our participation with the, with the money system and start voting with our money. Like you've heard me talk about this right. and this allows us to have correction. So we can actually utilize this principle as a mechanism of, of enlightenment and renaissance. That's where we find correction. When we correct our attitude and our behavior and use our money wisely, in other words, where mm -hmm. we're in harmony with, I know it sounds crazy with nature and those kind of things. These are, sure. these are actually important to, for us to take into consideration. And then what you have is you have resolution behind all those things once you do it. And you're committed and you allow it to take place. So you do have your friends and your allies that you find on your path of this wealth generation, regeneration, and creation, like you're, you, you, in other words, you want to use your money to, to wisely to do something good. You can't just park it in a bank account because then it's, then it's worthless. Well, and, the, and then, somebody else will use it for their own there purposes. You go. All right, they'll, they'll take it for you, whether it's inflation, taxation, right? So somebody else will, you know, it'll diminish its value over time. So you put it into practice, you put it into use. That's when, that's when it's valuable especially if you use it for the right reasons. Now you mentioned voting with your money and you've also, and, and in the previous we talked about um, blockchain as a, as a method of doing that or specifically uh, DeFi crypto. And I, I find it ironic that blockchain in itself is a method of control. And then you have DeFi on the other side as a, as a method of freeing. <laughs> so not being a part of the system. So you can you have two aspects existing within the same dimension, so to speak, that um, that could be utilized for the same purpose. <laughs> and to get off a topic here. Oh, uh, no, that's a very important topic. You know, you know me, I've been talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency for many, many years. Mm -hmm. In fact, it goes all the way back to 2011. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. So um, util blockchain is the ledger itself that's where the information is that's the storage where the that's where you, the information is found in the blockchain mm -hmm. so it's kind of a misnomer to think of a blockchain as like a chain where one comes after the other like a chain link it's more right. like a brick wall where every piece is connected to the other and it's a tapestry that's more of what it what it's like and so each one can communicate with each other in this hyperdimensional hyperspatial approach so that's the storage, that's the static component. Then you have the DeFi, which is all the individual nodes and the technology of the, the information highway that, that you can pass this, the information, the storage that's in each one of those 
between one and another. And the more decentralized it is, the more robust and dynamic and what Nicholas Tlaib would call anti-fragile it becomes. Mm -hmm. So the more you hammer on that technology, the stronger it becomes. Because it's like of a its... forging of steel to go back to our original. <laughs> exactly right. Intro. This is, yep. This is what we're talking about. So how do we use this technology in a, in a very positive way? I mean, you can use it for destruction. Sure. I mean, we can learn how to take down an entire building, right? With just using this technology, right. or we can learn how to build an entire building using this technology. Think of how efficient we can be by having and utilizing this type of technology and, and how much velocity you can create when you connect businesses to these systems. Because the reason is because it's a trustless system. It self validates. You don't need somebody in there in an authoritative position to say, yes, that's a good transaction. That's a bad transaction. It's not subject to, you know, the, the political ideology. It's trustless. It does it on its own. And, and it's done so in such um, eloquence and elegance that we haven't been able to, we haven't been able to damage it yet. So it's we still trust it. In other words, the transactions still go through and there's no issues. And this is an amazing achievement to be this accurate. So we want to use that moving forward because where we're going in the future is going to require us to move wealth, great distances mm -hmm. in no time at all. And this is a this is one way we can do it. It's it's like it's like money 2.0. Right. It's like, you know, when I, like I, I mentioned years ago, the when my, our parents, they had cash and then they started introducing checks. And then when we started growing up, we started getting credit cards. credit cards. And then now our kids, they have their phones. They have all their money's on their phone now. Right. And then in the future, it does make sense that everything will be on the Internet because we're all interconnected. Right. And when they bring these new technologies online, ones that can, can move information and data great distances and huge packets of information, then- We're talking about it, quantum computing. Almost, almost like that. It's almost, it's, um, it's like a qubit system, actually. That's, think of that next. The, the quantum system is a, is a different system. We're, we're talking about the qubit system where a one okay. is a zero, a one is a one, and a zero is a zero. So there's, right. they, it, they use probability, a probability matrix. Now, this helps also in the future when we move into time travel, how we build timelines and variants of those timelines. Isn't that interesting? We talked about variants years ago, and that's becoming a very important word. And yes. you have these, these brainwave concepts of variants, right? I don't want to say the words because we'll get flagged again, but you know sure. what I'm saying? They're all, they're all brainwave um, names. So it just goes to show you, and as an homage to, to speak of, of Jason Q one more time is that I posted the last uh, Teeter video, John Teeter video. And in that I speak very heavily about CJD disease, right? CJD is quite Phil Jacob. So why is that important? Because this is a, a fundamental understanding that needs to be taken in consideration when understanding where we're going in our future. What is that? What happens to the brain? Hmm. Why you know why all the zombie movies? So these yeah. are Walking why is Dead. At one point, was the was the most watched show of its uh, of its time. So why we, the sudden obsession with 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 uh, with zombies? Because a lot of us have a connection to our future. Yes, and this is and this is an interesting play for us, an interesting game for us to um, to do 
what do they call those like uh, scenarios in workplace right. scenarios to see exactly how would we react what would we do put us in that situation and so we have a, a connection to that in some way and then also in the same turn it's it's a cycle so we're actually putting this information our brain is being focused on that so we're we're giving that that data that that transmission and receiving of information too back out because we're we're thinking of this we're we're focused on it so we create our reality this way mm. What the bombers of the London subway would call a training exercise. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that was a little too far. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to. These, these are unfortunate. Um, these are unfortunate events that, if you know, we do a better job at being vigilant, being aware, being committed to um, the safety of others as well you know, these things, for some reason, they can be prevented, right? This is a great uh, learning tool for us that, wait a second, we actually do have choice and we we can actually slow things down, speed things up, maneuver around. We, we are given this ability. It mm -hmm. doesn't, you know, there are certain, yes, it's true. There are certain things that happen without our, um, nothing, nothing we can do about it. It does appear to be that way. But there are also times when just simply discussing it and talking about it, it changes the course of that, that time wave where it's almost like you drop a pebble in a water, the waves go out, you can see exactly where they're going to go in the future. But there's that, that twig that's sticking out of the water. That, that's, that's the interference pattern that we want to capture, not the inter interference pattern of the enemy. We want to capture that interference pattern so we can prevent that and, and remove the energy from consuming all the way to the shore, so to speak. Right. So there are things that we can do. And this is this, this, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that that makes sense. No, I'd like to describe the difference. You, know, you went back to enemies. So I'd like to kind of cover on that since it's the topic of the show. You mentioned a stick in the water as a natural interference. So that would be a part of their, the harmony matrix that we speak of. It's, it exists there naturally. Therefore, it causes interference. And we, we act upon that or we, we move with that. Um, what would be an example of an unnatural interference within that scenario? Just to kind of clarify it. By somebody doing the right thing, making a different decision for their, their normal and the normal cadence of their day, their normal things that they do. I've been saying enough, enough and they make it, they, they say no, for example, and that just that one person saying no can change the whole bow of the symphony that's being played. Mm. It's almost like it's that one. Did I lose you? You lost me. Okay, well, we'll stop it there. <laughs> At least on that on that topic. They're not ready to I, hear the, it yet. The point the point got across. That's all I have to say. Yeah. You and I have spoke very much in length about about future events and the roles that archetypes and people play within these future events and. We're even in the process of, uh, I know I've, I've written an entire movie script and we're in the process of writing another one that in a sense outlines what we've discussed in regards to future events. And 
I think with this being uh, the topic of discuss- discussion, and we've hinted on certain things, I'd like to try to outline, at least in a basic sense, um, what you and I feel as important to know for people living in this now, and and what can we expect uh, for our future now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, what do you see? What does your future hold? Where are you going to be? Do you have a connection with your future self? Mm, I do. Then you'll, you have an understanding. You have a confidence. You have a, that, that connection gives you the courage and the bravery to know that tomorrow is going to be another day. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and you get to do it all over again. So what is it that motivates and inspires you? The idea here is to know thyself because knowing thyself, whatever situation, whatever condition, whatever location you find yourself in, whatever environment you are in, you know how to make the best of it. Mm. That's your future. You have to be, I know it's the cliche, (laughs) but you have to be the change that you want to see in the world. Right. That very well could be our mantra moving forward. Be the change, be responsibility, take responsibility for your own actions. Take yeah. responsibility for not only your actions, but the effects of your actions. If you do that, uh, great warning here, if you do that, take responsibility for your actions. You will find joy and purpose in life. Ooh, that's kind of freaky. <laughs> I'm not sure many of us know what joy and purpose in our lives mean. Yet, what's, what's, what I find strange is that, you know, of course, the United States of America, uh, we are the number one consumers of uh, pharmaceuticals. But yet, well, and, we also, and we also have, you know, uh, extremely high depression and suicide rate. Um, yet, we are living in a golden age, as you would describe. Well, we're Not living in a, a golden age. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go I was going to say, we're living in a golden age only because we have access to anything we want. We can make anything. We can, right. we can pinpoint a specific substance, a chemical, or whatever, like you spoke about um, pharmaceuticals. We can, right. we can do these things because of our excellent science and technology. So we also are an amazing country when it comes to those things. Now, not to, not to get really crazy with people, because there's probably family people listening here, too. But America, we're so good at the, in the pharmacy. <laughs> we also will be very good at psychonauts to be able to travel to these, these hyperdimensional spaces as well and interact with them based off the psychedelics. Not suggesting that you should go out and do these things. What I'm suggesting is, is that there, there is a whole universe waiting for us when we mature to the point where we can become psychonauts in this this grand uh, tapestry of the uh, the veil mm. to, 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 to touch it to experience it and then, and then to go beyond it if you will too where there's great amounts of treasure and wisdom there great insights 
Oh, you and also also terrors and and yes and horrors too. Just to, just to be clear, so we you know we want to be able to be have a it's connection. Not all sunshine uh, and rainbows on the other side. <laughs> no, it's not. It could it could take you and not return you and spit you out. So mm. understand that you know everything. Uh, like we talk about the sword, the double edged sword. Right. Use it with purpose. Use it with direction. With aim. Do not let it take you. You use it for a, a reason. What are your reasons? Explore that before you, you know, you take that journey. Mm. It's like Mr. Terrence McKenna would be a great example of that. Mm, he used his he used his great intellect and his his love for psychedelics to to create masterworks. Not only with his his lectures and his and his ideas, but also his uh, I believe it was Time Wave Zero was the program that he used, which uh, came to him from Machine Elves. <laughs> Are you talking about the novelty theory? Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, I am talking that's, about that's the novelty it. theory. You look at the novelty theory. And you transpose that over the I Ching, mm. and then you will come to a balance of the expression of Granddaddy Psychonaut Terrence McKenna. <laughs> you know, another fantastic explorer was Mr. Watts. Oh yes, Alan Watts. Yes. Yeah, he was. Uh, if if you watch some of his earlier lectures in the 1950s, he was a very clean cut. He was uh, suit and tie wearing, and uh, then all of a sudden, uh, he probably discovered some psychotropic substance and then <laughs> became a hippie overnight. <laughs> but uh, he is—he uh, is definitely one of the ones that uh, has helped uh, shape uh, my mindset and, and my my life for sure. Um, I, yeah. So. Why we're bringing this up is not to, um, not to look in dark corners. It's it's actually to share mentors, to share those who have come before us who can teach us great lessons if we're paying attention. And one day, those who are listening to this, I'm hoping one day you'll be a mentor mm. in your way, and in your field of expertise. Right? That's their. That, those were the philosophy and and psychonauts. That was their field of expertise what is it that you do as an individual when what is it that you share with the world when i meet you when i find you or you find me you know how i am you know what i'm about share with me what you're about i want to learn i want to grow right, right. I, I always joke and say you know um green and growing ripe and rotten <laughs> this is part of the humility this is part of the mercy and this is part of where we are right now, at least where we're exploring in this new dream, this seventh experiment, which is the yeah. this seventh experiment, I'll start over, <laughs> <laughs> which is what we're discovering is beauty and freedom. What does that mean to you? Define that. Look those words up. See what those mean to you. Mm -hmm. Find the truth, because that's what happens in the locals, the truth. And then the, the great aggregate the, is experience. This is why I wanted to bring this up because we ended on this last time and I wanted to share with you 
why I said the opposite of truth is experience because I'm looking at it in an energetic, ethereal way where truth is the one, the singular. Mm-hmm. You cannot change that. It's like dialing the right phone number. You're going to get the right person. Okay? You're going to get the right consciousness. And I know you know what I'm talking about. We're talking about you know, angels here. Okay? So that's the truth. So we know who that is. The opposite is the great aggregate, the all, not the one. That's the light itself, which shows the path. And that is experience because you were there. You, you took it all in. All the senses were operating. It wasn't just reading it out of a book. It wasn't just, you know, hearing it over the radio. You were physically there. So all your senses, the eyes, the element of air, your ears, the element of earth, sound, as opposed to light of the eyes. Your mouth, the two lips, is the element of water, your gut, your spirit. Everything that goes in and out comes through that. Your nose is the element of fire connected to your heart. So when that is when you have all the systems operating and you're building a structure. And again, that bridge, what connects all those pieces is memory. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is the greatest lesson of elemental hypertech is if you have the memory, you know exactly where you left it. You know where you left it. You have access to time. It's like a filing system. You can go exactly to it each time. So when you're speaking, when you're acting, when you're moving, when you're doing things, you are always in that, that space, that great center, the core, the essence of it all, because you, all of them are organized and speaking collectively because you are a complex being. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a lot there. You know, uh, my family and I had a com- conversation about the, uh, the pineal gland, the pine cone, and, uh, and methods that uh, the uh, competition uses in order to calcify that uh, third eye, so to speak. And we speak of competitors as uh, ones that get in the way between our connection of our harmonious selves with with source or creator or God and and ourselves. Yep. The interference pattern. Yes. You, You speak about retaining memory, having memory being harm, harmonious and, and, and being in touch with all of our senses, our eyes, our ears, our nose, our throat, our heart. Um, you give us some examples, Damien, of how we can achieve that in our, in, in our short term and then moving into our, our long term as far as making us healthy again, making us harmonious again. Okay, here, here it is. Let's talk about what it is not, because we're talking about com- competitors here. Mm-hmm. So in, in Earth, the element of Earth, it is not theft. Theft is part of the villain's training program, okay, in the element of Earth. It is not violence. Violence is the element of air, the mind. It is not fantasy. Fantasy is the element of water, the gut. Again, connected to our future. The the element of fire, our heart, the the ever-present now. It's not slavery. 
So those are the things that it is not. Now we can define, now that we know what it's not, how to weaponize it, how to, how to, to flip it. Now we can, we can go into what it is and what it is is basically everything else. <laughs> right. <laughs> everything apart from what you just said is what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's the great infinite. It's the, it's the potential of right. it all through your choices. It's, it's, it's what you, what you intend and what you intend to do about it, how you act. It's those things. So now if you act in those four components of earth, air, water, and fire, which I, I shared, and just because if you've listened this long, let's make it a little more fun. Sure. Let's, let's add the electromagnetic components of the right and left, the inward, the outward is there are the feminine passive side or the wrongs and the active uh, masculine side are the abdicators. So those are your those are your extremes on the the physical planes itself of the pushing and the pulling, the inward and the outward breath. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping this is this is becoming more clear because we're sharing that these are like professions. So there is correction that can happen when you know you've done wrong and you still continue the same pattern. Now you know that's something that you have to work on if you desire it if you're urged in that way. And believe me, you will be urged because when we're out of harmony, when we're out of touch with ourselves, a lot of suffering and pain takes place. And we've talked a lot about that. I don't like to talk about that too much publicly, but there is a lot of suffering. There is a lot of pain. And it's, it, it stems from these wrongs, from these errors, from these choices that we've made. But the, the good news is, is that there are ways you can correct them. There are operations, right? There are resolutions. There are, you know, um, conditions. But you have to allow those conditions to take place. You can't be stubborn and and pushy. You you have to allow them to heal in their own way. And this is again where we are in the seventh experiment: is we have to shed this. Um, I, I don't like to use the word. Well, I'll use this word: dis-ease. Mm. The dis-ease, the, the uneasiness, the anxiety of the future and the, and the depression of the past right. and find peace and know that this is what, how we've become who we are and, and, and owning that and, and being responsible for that. And if you've done bad things like we all have, nobody, I mean, believe me, we all have been there. And this is probably due to some technical difficulties, the podcast had to be ended early. So this concludes episode seven of aliens angels and pirates where we spoke of enemies and competition our next episode number eight will reveal the dark side the who and what and in the spirit of the number eight time and its role to play in elemental hypertech I wanted to give you another shout out, Jason Q, a true navigator and explorer for shining the beacon of light and being a participant, whether unwittingly, in our experiments and spreading the message of elemental hypertech. We've had a lot of great response from your interaction, and we hope to interact with you again 
in the future. Thank you for being a player, a director, and a creator of the greatest game ever invented, the game of life. We'll see you next time.